if women start treating it as early as possible and get on top of it and not kind of feel ashamed, not sure what's going on, not want to talk to anyone about it, just talk to someone about it. So we've talked about mood and the perimenopause. Let's talk about the heavy, the, um, the regular cycle and the heavy bleeding. Because that is a big one that, you know, that clients come in, you know, they're in their mid to late thirties or early forties, forties and beyond. And they're having that heavy bleeding. And, you know, as, as gynecologists, we're like, okay, here's your birth control pill. You know, we're going to add on some Prozac for that PMS. And then if that's not working, we want to um, get on some, uh, um, you maybe do an endometrial ablation. And then before you know it, they're getting a hysterectomy because we've never addressed the underlying cause to this. So let's talk about that. And of course, you know, once I've learned, would you say I'm reformed? Once I learned, you know, increased my integrative medicine and functional medicine doctor's bag, I had to do a lot less surgeries. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, um, my expectations are rising about, about heavy periods, even in my book, even in this book that we're talking about today, I do make the statement that sometimes, you know, the natural treatments don't work and you might need something like the Marina, the hormonal IUD, but then the doctor who helped me with the book, Dr. Pryor, she said, look, she thinks in most cases with the right treatment, especially with natural progesterone in place, it, sh it shouldn't be needed. So hormonal IUD and things like ablation are there as a backup plan. But I, yeah, I agree with you. I think for the majority, it doesn't have to reach that stage. And especially if women start treating it as early as possible and get on top of it and not just as I said earlier, like kind of feel ashamed, not sure what's going on, not want to talk to anyone about it. Just talk to someone about it. You know, read my book, speak, to, you know, look at Anna's site and work and find a doctor who can help you with it. So let's think about how to approach it. I do think it's helpful, see what you um, think, to have an assessment from a gynecologist just to see if there's something like adenomyosis. Absolutely. Yeah. An ultrasound, a vaginal probed ultrasound. So yeah. an ultrasound of the uterus, it was a, you know, it was just a beautiful tool and I highly recommend it. And for our listeners, insurances typically cover that. If you've got yeah. regular bleeding, pelvic pain or pressure, discomfort, you know, any, you know, any symptom related to our lower abdomen, et cetera, or bleeding, uh, ultrasounds are usually covered by your insurance company. So that's just an added bonus, but I highly recommend it because that's a good look at the uterus, the uterine lining, the ovaries, and it's a great guidance throughout. What's our baseline? And that helped me tremendously manage my patients. Yeah, I, I agree. No, I, I'd like all my patients to have that. So how common do you think adenomyosis is? You know, it's interesting because I think it's more common now with the increased rates of C-section. So I think post-C-section, you know, whether there's endometrium, getting into myometrium or what the situation is, um, adenomyosis, I don't know the statistics, but I would say, I, actually, I don't know the statistics to be able to say that just by, based on my clinical observation of that client with adenomyosis, symptoms of adenomyosis, most of them were over, you know, a good majority were, um, if I was to guess, 75 to 80% had prior C-section. So it was a significant number more. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a condition where the uterine lining grows into the wall of the uterus. And it's um, often, what I find with my patients, it often hasn't been mentioned to them. Like it, it showed up on the ultrasound. 
And then, but they, they would just prescribe Marina, like the hormonal IUD or the pill as the solution. And they didn't come away with that information that this is what's going on. So I always like to look at the report and say, okay, that's present. So we need to think about that, treating that specifically, which in my experience, as you said, I, I would believe that there's a risk from surgery, from C-section. It does seem to, the condition itself seems to have a, sort of an inflammatory component, not unlike endometriosis, um, as in some of the anti-inflammatory treatments like turmeric and dairy-free diet can, um, and zinc could really help with that. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. so for adenomyosis, you recommend turmeric, dairy-free, and zinc? Yep. And also potentially a progesterone capsule. Would you go to a capsule rather than a, a cream when you're looking at so it heavy? Yeah. yeah, so it depends. It depends on what I'm you know, using it for. Definitely love like a 200 milligram progesterone, yeah. bioidentical progesterone capsule for a number of reasons because it will help us get a good night's sleep. Now we can only... Yeah. Per, that's only available by prescription. So yeah. we have lower dose creams that are over the counter that makes it more accessible. So, um, but definitely there are reasons for the oral because that sleep and the GABA benefits or allopregnenolone benefits can really um, be more substantial than with a cream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's where we get more of the GABA formation when, it, when progesterone goes through the liver. So that mm -hmm. in that sense swallowing the progesterone is beneficial and it also seems to have a stronger effect on the uterus itself and when doctors when patients are speaking to their doctors about it the way i often what i'll say is phrase it something like you know this this what's called micronized progesterone works as well as some of the other progestin drugs but has doesn't have the side effects or arguably has some really nice side benefits so that is a, a tool that could be used and does seem to work Quite well. So yeah, that would be my combination, I guess, dairy-free, turmeric. I do look at some of some other herbal medicine combinations, zinc, progesterone, and another one we should speak about with regard to heavy periods is something called calcium deglucrate. Do you, yeah, are you familiar with that supplement? Well, especially for breast protection, right? Yeah. But I've really recommended it mostly when, as part of breast protection combinations versus tell me for the uterus for the heavy bleeding as well well it clears estrogen quite strongly mm -hmm. in two different ways so it actually it's um the substrate that the liver it's, the liver actually uses to bind to estrogen and get try to get it out of the body it also helps to downregulate some of the um, bacterial enzyme in the gut that can normally interfere with estrogen clearance. So it has this kind of double benefit for helping to promote, get estrogen out where it's supposed to be going out through the stool. So for that reason, it, what I've just found, like partly through trial and error all, all these years with patients is that it's probably one of the, for clearing estrogen or removing estrogen, it's one of the stronger supplements that we have. And it's quite safe too and easy and you can, inexpensive and you can take a high dose of that. So. That would be another nice. What dosage do you recommend for calcium? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. I want to yeah. say 100, 200, but I know it's yeah. not high like when we think of calcium, um, oh. MCHC calcium or calcium, what other citrate and all those things. We're talking about 1,000, 2,000, but really for calcium uh, deglucarate, yeah. I think it's like 100, 200 is a reasonable dose. 
Yeah, I'm actually just, I'm cheating. I'm actually just looking in my little book in the dosing section, what I say. Yeah, perfect. No, the, what the research shows is it's higher. Yeah, it's 1,000. It is 1,000. 1,500. That's what I pulled from the study. So per, I see perimenopause, adenomyosis, uterine fibroids, MS, all if, those conditions where you need to clear. 1,000, 1,500. Yeah. Probably in combination, in combination formulas is where I've seen it, just 100, 200. Yeah. yeah. So good to know. So just in and of itself, we're good to go up to a thousand milligrams, even up yeah. to 1500. Yep. And sometimes that much is needed. Yeah. And so periods should lighten substantially. And because it's just, you know, the normal amount of um, menstrual fluid to lose in one period is 80 milliliters. So I speak in milliliters. So that would be that equates to about 16 filled tampons, say over all the, all the days of the period, all the, whatever, four or five, about eight, eight, zero milliliters. And just to put it in perspective, I know with some of these flooding periods that women go through, that can be a lot more than that. Like that can be up in the hundreds, you know, three or 400 milliliters of blood that they're, menstrual fluid that they're losing, which is will very quickly deplete women of iron. So mm-hmm. iron is the other thing. Iron is, probably a, a must for if you've been having periods like that have an eye, a blood test for iron and get i it. agree and ferritin yeah. level let's get our ferritin above 50 um now with iron replacement we need to mention that i actually i did some research on this so yeah. iron is a pro-oxidant right so we want to take iron with vitamin c we want to take iron with other antioxidants because it is, you know, it is a pro-oxidant. So we have to think about that too. Not just iron by itself should be in a nice combination. What do you think about iron infusions? Are your patients... Sometimes. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. 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 I've definitely had clients, you know, borderline, so anemic that an iron infusion just changed their world. Yeah. Yeah. For energy. And mm-hmm. also replenishing iron, getting that ferritin up can in itself improve periods, mm-hmm. potentially make them less heavy. So that's, you know, that's just another simple intervention and really help energy and help mood. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. We've covered a lot of information. I want to let our audience know. I mean, I could talk with Laura. Y'all can listen. <laughs> She's so compassionate, so knowledgeable, so well-researched woman. And I just love, I love our conversations. I love your book. I highly recommend it. And I really feel it's empowering to women to get a handle on our periods, on our cycles. And the earlier we do it, the better our beyond menopause is, right? Thank you for watching this video. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel here and get those notifications and comment below. Let me know your thoughts, what you loved and what your action step is. (laughs) 